Hello, music teacher friends, and welcome to episode number 74 of the Beyond Measure podcast. My name is Christina Whitlock, and I like to hang out here and serve you as your anytime piano teacher friend. Today is a very special episode, something you can probably all relate to. Yep, where today we are talking about chatty students. <laughs> oh yeah, it's gonna be good. In the past, I have had a few different episodes on different types of students that we encounter from time to time. I talked about the quiet ones way back in episode 5, and I talked about the challenging ones in episode 61. Today, we talk about the chatty ones. You know, those students who would talk their entire lesson away if they could. Well, I have a long history with this kind of student, mostly because... (laughs) No surprise to anyone, I was this kind of student. (laughs) I have mentioned here before that I took lessons with my first pre-college teacher for at least 10 years. She and I, over that time, definitely developed a friendship, and by the time I was in middle school, I had been hired by the local music store to take the students that she couldn't, so... I mean, it was small town living at its best, I'm telling you. (laughs) So once that phase of my life began, a lot of our lesson time shifted to talking about teaching. Well, to be honest, it actually shifted more to trading stories of the strange working environment we'd been a part of at that particular music store. But regardless, we had a lot to talk about especially combined with the fact that I had clearly progressed past the levels which she was really confident teaching. So at that point, we were both eager to pass the lesson time by swapping stories and laughing at things that only we could understand. (laughs) I should also add, she was a pretty young teacher as well. I will never forget one particular week when my mom dropped me off for my piano lesson. My teacher and I did not play the piano a single time that lesson. We were just trading stories about the haphazard business practices we'd witnessed, and, well, before we knew it, the lesson time was up. I went out to my mom's car only to find her furious. <laughs> See, I didn't realize that there was a small window that happened to look down right into my teacher's basement studio. And as my mom had sat in the car, she watched us through that window the entire time and noted, quite accurately, that I had not even touched the piano one single time. Now, for the record, that was an extreme case, but feeling like I had been caught wasting my parents' money was a feeling that I quickly realized that I did not enjoy. Of course, in hindsight, I will say it was definitely my teacher's responsibility to redirect me into productive study time, but I certainly didn't help matters 
at the time with my own personality. Moving forward, though, I became very cognizant of how much time we spent chatting and how much time we spent playing. So that experience helped me understand my role as a student a little bit better, but it also really shaped me as a teacher. I realized that I never wanted to be guilty of talking an entire piano lesson away, (laughs) even though goodness knows I am capable of it. So I became a master at redirection. For the early years of my teaching, I took cues from the parents who clearly felt like chit-chat was lesson time wasted. I would get antsy when a student told me story after story. I mean, I wanted to work. That's what I was being paid to do, right? (laughs) Well, as with most things, the real answer lies somewhere in the middle. Fast forward a few more years into my teaching career, and a sweet middle school-aged girl showed up for her lesson And she exploded into tears, like almost immediately. It was a scenario many of us recognize. She was a high-achieving student with too many commitments on her plate. And she felt like she was letting everyone down because she wasn't achieving top successes in every aspect of her life. Sound familiar? Yeah, me too. (laughs) So at first, I tried and tried to redirect her. After all, if I could just get her to play, she would feel better, right? Playing an instrument is great for emotional regulation. Well, that is often the case, but it was not happening with this poor girl. It became quickly apparent that she needed someone to listen to her, And we were not going to get anything done until she got some emotions out of her. So I listened. My heart broke with her as I identified with the pressure she felt to be like a superstar at everything. I gave her the best advice I could, but I mostly just let her talk. Once I let her get everything out, she was ready to play. We managed to work through a piece or two. And, true to expectation, the healing power of playing music really helped lift her spirits. The bond that I felt with that student from that day forward was something really special. It was one of the first times that I realized the true power and influence we have over these students and the responsibility that we hold to let them know that we see them as humans first and music students second. So the question remains, what do we do with these students who just want to talk their entire lessons away? Especially when these students clearly have parents who tend to see chit-chat as a waste of time. Well, as you may have guessed, I have a few thoughts on the matter. (laughs) So first of all, I have a philosophy of teaching that all incoming studio parents have to read before onboarding into my studio. So I talk more about that philosophy statement in episode number 13 of this podcast. So I will link that in the show notes for this episode. But in my philosophy, I have a statement that reads... 
Relationships are key to successful music study. As a teacher, my students need to know I am equally invested in them as artists and as human beings. Therefore, what might be perceived as student chattiness may actually be an important aspect of building the teacher-student bond. You guys, I think this is really important, and it's helpful to redirect parents to that philosophy statement when they seem to feel antsy about the amount of talking their child is doing in lessons. After all, I don't know about you, but I find it so disruptive when parents are constantly interjecting into the lesson and telling their kiddo to, you know, stop talking and start working, or more playing, less talking, (laughs) all those kinds of things. Am I right? I try to repeat this point to my new studio parents at the first or second lesson. Even though they've already read it in my philosophy statement, I try to make sure we have an actual conversation about it. I just want to make it clear that a little bit of story time or a child following their imaginations down a little rabbit trail is actually not a detriment to the lesson itself. I mean, I want my students to come to their lessons excited to tell me things. I don't know about you, but being let into the world of a young person's imagination is such a gift. So, yes, don't be afraid to let your studio families understand that a little conversation time should not be seen as a waste. Instead, it's helping to reinforce the relationship, which is ultimately going to inspire the student to work harder and to take their studies more seriously. It might take a reminder or two, but I have never encountered a parent who argued that philosophy with me once I've explained it. And, I mean, honestly, if I ever did... I would probably just let them know that I am not the right fit for their expectations. I mean, I want to hear what my students are excited about in their life. I want to know what is making them feel the way that they are feeling on any given lesson day. And as someone who prides herself on an individualized lesson experience, those details are really important in knowing how to guide each student to their best results. Okay, so I know it sounds like I have this all figured out, right? (laughs) But I will confess, this is one of those complexities that I now understand far better now that I am parenting a chatty little musician. (laughs) My five-year-old takes Suzuki violin with a most incredible teacher, Shout out to Tiffany Arnold. We love you. (laughs) But yeah, while my older daughter is quiet and processes everything internally, her little sister is quite the opposite. So we are incredibly fortunate to have Mrs. Arnold, who rolls effortlessly with the many curveballs my kiddo throws her way, and she interacts so patiently with her. But do you know what is so hard? (laughs) 
keeping my own mouth shut. (laughs) Oh my goodness. The number of times I sit there and bite my tongue because I know better, but still end up jumping in and telling her to focus and stop playing around. (laughs) It's, I don't know, it's just a lot. (laughs) So I'm only mentioning this as a reminder to be gracious with those studio parents. Friends, even when we all know better, it's still just so hard to keep our mouths shut. (laughs) Don't be afraid to tell parents that, you know, hey, I can tell you're getting frustrated with Johnny when he wants to tell me a story, but I just want you to know it's okay. I actually think it's great that he wants to let me into his world and know what he's thinking. It's really important. So trust me, I promise I'll get him back on track Sometimes they just have to get these things out before we can go on. And truly, trust me, as someone who processes things verbally, that is 100% true. Sometimes you just have to say things out loud before you can move on in a focused manner. I digress. So, okay, we've established it's important to communicate to parents that a little chattiness should not be seen as time wasted right? (laughs) We've also established that this can still be hard for parents, even when they know you are right. But if we are telling parents to trust us to be able to get chatty students back on track during a lesson, the question is, how do we do that? (laughs) So I have one primary rule when it comes to off-topic conversations in the lesson. Listen but don't contribute. Meaning, let's say a student sits down and says, oh man, I've had the worst headache all day. You could respond and say, oh man, me too. I think it's because the weather is changing and that always makes my head go crazy. It's been so hard to concentrate today. At which your student might say, tell me about it. We had a fire alarm go off at school today and I thought my head was going to explode. To which you could say, oh, fire alarms are the worst. My college professor used to actually carry earplugs in his pockets just in case he got stuck in a building when fire alarms were going off. And your student might say, really? Whoa, that's crazy. (laughs) And you see where I'm going with this, friends. It's so easy to get derailed, right? But if we rewound that conversation to the student sitting down and saying, oh man, I've had the worst headache all day. And you simply replied, hey, I'm sorry to hear that. You've eliminated all that other stuff that took away from the lesson. Bonus points if you followed up with a comment like, hey, let's explore some quiet sounds to get started today and see where we go from there. Do you see the magic of listen but don't contribute? I could go on and on with examples all day. But really... That's that, my friends. (laughs) My favorite strategy when it comes to the chatty students. Listen, but don't contribute. As in, yeah, let your students say what they want to say, but don't feel like you need to pile on a bunch of your own stuff or your own insights or your own experiences if they have nothing to do with being a better musician (laughs) into the conversation. Again, you don't want to dismiss the things your students want to tell you. 
It's important that our students know we are listening. Don't steamroll over their words in the name of productivity. Listen earnestly to what they say. But by the way, don't do that from a standpoint of just wanting to respond to them. (laughs) Hear me. Too many people worry about what they're going to say next to you during a conversation rather than genuinely listening to what's being told to them in the first place. It's a real issue. It could be its own episode. Maybe it will be someday. But do me a favor and take notice of how you are responding to your chattier students. You might be surprised with what you notice now that I've brought it to your attention. And now, with that in mind, here's a toast for you this week. Music teacher friends of the world, thank you for your efforts to bring your best to every student you encounter this week. The art of music instruction is complicated enough, but adding an infinite variety of student personalities into the mix means that no two lessons are ever quite the same. On one hand, I know we often thrive on that variety, but it also means that we find ourselves thrown off kilter sometimes. It means we can't hold our own plans or our own expectations too tightly because, I mean, every lesson is a new exploration. There is no autopilot button in music teaching. I know, some have tried, but not with success. (laughs) So, whether it be chatty students or quiet students or all things in between, I raise my glass to you today and I give you all the accolades. I mean all the accolades (laughs) for doing your best to be a positive influence on the lives of your students. Cheers to you, my music teacher friends. Hear, hear. Thanks for listening to episode number 74. As I was writing this episode, I kept thinking about all of the hilarious conversations I've had with students over the years. I'm sure you've had a few favorites as well. So would you do me a favor? I want you to think of the best conversation or multiple conversations that you've ever had with a student and I want you to send it to me. Submissions might even make their way onto a future podcast episode. You just never know. (laughs) So you can DM me your stories on Facebook or Instagram, or you can email them to me at beyondmeasurepodcast at gmail.com. Or even better, you can leave me your story in your own voice um, in a voicemail that you can find at the link in the show notes for this episode. I cannot wait to hear your favorite student conversations. Onward and upward this week, teacher friends. It's going to be a good one.